1: Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. Portions of this program are pre-recorded.
0: It's Arthur Idala on AM 970, The Answer.
3: Good evening, everyone, and happy Wednesday. No, your ears are not deceiving you. This is not Arthur Idala, although this is the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Uh, this is City Councilman Joe Borelli uh, trying to do my best to fill in for Arthur. Uh, he is off tonight, so uh, we are here in studio going to give it the best possible show we possibly can. we got Matt Sam Bolin uh, in the studio with us. Say hi, Matt. Good evening, Councilman. How are you? And a special treat, Joe Sebelia, the producer of the Joe Piscopo Show. I
4: never go home. I'm working around the clock 24-7. This man
3: so. is here all <laughs> night. So we have a great show uh, tonight. We're going to take the top news stories of the day. We're going to analyze them. We're going to criticize them. We're going to try to figure out perhaps how we could do Things better if we were the mayor, or the president or or anyone in particular, there are so many news stories to get to today, uh, so many interesting items uh, on the docket uh, on this wednesday uh, but frankly it 's a beautiful day out, and I hope uh, at the very least you 're all uh, going in, in a smooth and effortless ride home, whether you're on public transit, listening in on a podcast, or, or you're in your car, or you're already home getting your, your pasta ready for, for dinner or whatever it is you're making. My wife, Rachel, I already know I have a tray of baked chicken cutlets just sitting there for me. My personal preference. That good. Not very Italian of me. I'm not I'm going I'm to lie. Not very Italian of me, but I like baked chicken cutlets with <laughs> drumroll. Chick Fil A sauce, love it. Oh, cannot oh, okay. cannot get enough of Chick Fil A sauce. There's n- nothing special about it. That's what I want on my chicken cutlets. No matter, what. I don't if want. If you don't parmesan. have Chick Fil
1: A sauce, is there a, a, a second alternative that you'll settle for?
3: Yes, if there's no uh, Chick Fil A sauce, I will do a combo of ranch dressing and Frank's Red Hot. Oh, I'll do a okay. little, I'll make a little red swirl in the white sauce, and then uh, I'll do a little dipperoni.
4: But for the unindoctrinated, can you explain exactly the flavor, or maybe some of the ingredients that you suspect are in the Chick Fil A sauce?
3: No, I have no idea. I, I absolutely have absolutely no idea. So do not even know uh, if it's like a tomato? No, base, I don't. I don't know what it is. Uh, I tried it the first time when I was at Chick Fil A. Whenever Chick Fil A started to become popular uh, here in the Northeast, I enjoyed it, and then lo and behold, I'm browsing my supermarket aisles uh, one day, looking at sauces and condiments and other fine uh, fine products, and there it was, just sitting there on the shelf for me, Chick-fil-A sauce, for like five bucks, I could have all the Chick-fil-A sauce I possibly want, so I brought the Chick-fil-A sauce home, I made it a staple condiment in the the Borelli household, we got salt, we got pepper, we got Chick-fil-A, Uh, And we're we're good to go. So, enough about chicken cutlets. uh, Let's talk about turkeys. I want to talk about two real turkeys. uh, Probably the worst thing to be imported from uh, the island nation of Great Britain. I mean, think about think about the long history of Great Britain, right? Think about the long history of this island nation. These island as Churchill said, these island people. Churchill, you have uh, Benjamin Disraeli. You have Edmund Burke, right? You have Richard the Lionheart, you have Henry the although he wasn't exactly a great guy, but Elizabeth the yeah. you have Elizabeth the all these phenomenal, Isaac Newton, all these phenomenal people in British history, and yet we're stuck. We are stuck with Harry and Meghan. <laughs> yeah, how do
4: we get the Harry and Meghan?
3: So, in case you haven't followed the news, we have our own segment. Of the Harry and Meghan saga now, right here in New York. Let me read to you the statement that they put out. By the way, they put out a statement in response to a question nobody asked. Nobody asked, hey, what happened with Harry and Meghan last night? No one said that. Literally no one cared what happened to Harry and Meghan last night. And yet, Archwell... Would you say they're media seekers? They are indeed. So their press team put out this statement, and they said... The relentless pursuit, lasting over two hours, resulted in multiple near collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians, and two NYPD officers. Imagine thinking you're so important, right? You're so special. You're so in demand that in order to avoid not not getting robbed, not getting mugged, not getting punched or stabbed or murdered, in order to avoid getting your picture taken your picture taken you feel the need and the the, the sort of uh, obligation to drive at high speeds endanger the public cause near accidents in order for you not to have your picture taken because not that you don't like pictures none like these are people who like pictures right remember megan went hiking last week so she got her water bottle, she got her outfit, she got her dog and, and, and all her stuff, and then she also called her paparazzi friends to come and take pictures of her hiking. This is not someone who doesn't like pictures. This is someone who doesn't like pictures from photographers. She doesn't like taking her picture. So imagine you are so important that you think you have the authority to cause traffic and accidents and, and narrow misses of pedestrians. Because you're so in demand, people want to take your picture. Imagine being that self-important. And then it comes <laughs> as as all things happen. As all things. Ha- so the story goes, they were chased for an hour and 15 minutes. They had a high in a parking garage. They tried to get into a yellow cab uh, and they couldn't because they were so, so in en- en- with, with paparazzi. But guess what? The <laughs> cab driver <laughs> The cab driver, where is his name? Uh, Sukchan Sunny Singh, Singh is his name. He said, oh, it wasn't scary when it happened. Uh, I, I had them in the cab. I don't know what happened before them, but it wasn't scary. They just did some talking in the back of the cab. <laughs> so it turns out they exaggerated this whole thing. So think about this, right? They exaggerate this whole thing to make themselves sound important. And by exaggerating this whole thing, I mean lying about how they endanger the public to avoid people taking their picture. These are absolutely loathsome people.
4: So it's funny. We have this great commentator from British television who comes on the Joe Piscopo show. Niall Gardner, time to time. Yeah. No, Well, Niall Gardner, but this is a different gentleman. This is um, uh, Christo Fufus is his name. And he was telling us how even people in Britain don't like Harry and Meghan. They, they're disgusted by them and the way they completely trash you know their own family. And at first... Christo had said that I he was very fond of Megan, and then they just went in this totally extreme direction where they're always playing the victim, and it's you're exactly right when you say that's it's what it is. I mean, if if Archie now, now, in fairness, though, I will say this much: I can understand where maybe Harry was a little leery because of obviously the way his mother passed away, being hounded by the paparazzi. If
3: but... if Harry didn't want to be a part of the royal family, he didn't want the limelight. He, he, you know, sacrificed his birthright, essentially, and retired off in the sunset and worked on a ranch in Montana. Nobody would care. We'd all be sitting here saying, wow, that Harry, what a guy he was. Think of all he gave up. No, he's in this place of privilege. And instead of, of, of accepting it or rejecting it and doing it with class, he actually goes out of his way, along with his wife, to insult his own family. And I think that's where you lose people. And then you come up with nonsensical stories that your PR team can just pump out, and it becomes it becomes total, total nonsense. Boy, we got our first caller, and I hope he wants to talk about Harry and Meghan. Uh, it is uh, my good friend and yours, Mr. Kevin McCullough. Kevin. Leader uh, Borelli, thank you
2: so much for letting me on the show. I, I could not agree with you more. On the issue of Harry and Meghan, and let me just say that when you deny the grandchildren of the king the opportunity to be present at history as it's being made, you are a bad, bad mommy. There's just no doubt about it.
3: You're you're absolutely right. You know we're not even thinking about that. Harry chose to reject his family, but what about his children? His family might embrace uh, the, the the monarchy. His family might see it as their birthright. His family might see it as a net positive. But he made that choice for them, whereas well, he was given Meghan the choice. As an adult. Choice. you're 100 percent right, but but they yeah. were given so that choice imagine, as adults.
2: Can you imagine being one of those kids? And when they're like 25, sitting around the dinner table, you know, somewhere in Santa Cucamonga uh, Southern California and they've destroyed everything that that state has, which they're in the process of doing. And they say to mom, Hey, when grandpa got coronated, I was only like, uh, you know, like two years old.
3: Was I there? Daddy, why wasn't I in the photograph? You know, there's no good answer. There's no good answer for that. Uh, it really is a shame, Kev. It really is something, uh, un- unfortunate. It is a silly thing. Kev, how are you doing otherwise? We, we, I haven't seen you in a while. I miss you. Uh, we have to get it's together. It's been a soon.
2: while. I missed the uh, Frank Morano Memorial Ping Pong Championship of the World. How did you do this year?
3: I uh, had to miss leader? it as well. I, I unfortunately, uh, I unfortunately had a, a an obligation to which I could not get did out
2: Congresswoman of. Congresswoman Takis miss it as well.
3: I, I think she did. Look, you know, once oh once he God. gets that brother there, of his, there was
2: literally nobody there this year.
3: Frank's brother is 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 an expert champion player. Once once everyone hears, you know, Tiger Woods is playing in the tournament, it's like they, uh you know <laughs> for, for for me it was like, right. like do I go they and just show up for the, the free pizza. Year, we
2: will not we will not go down in silence the second year. We will just we will just pass. No, I actually had something on that day and I was un, un, and I wanted to to make it, but anyway. Councilman, I wanted to say this to you and first of all, thank you for being a voice of reason. In our city council day in and day out is an increasingly uh insanity driving job that you have and i just appreciate the fact that you're so faithful in what you do but i also wanted to say that if we don't get things turned around very very quickly what what is your fear of what happens to our city in the next uh two
3: decades I, I you know you hate to say the death spiral, but you you see the state comptroller uh, at the state level just saying that our tax receipts uh, last month were ten billion dollars, which alone isn 't a significant number. When you learn that last April the tax receipts were seventeen billion dollars you you kind of begin to question the the, the logic uh, of what our elected leaders uh, the democratic persuasion are doing. Uh, Kev, we, we actually do got to leave it there. Uh, we do have to uh, approach a break. You got it. Uh, I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate every moment of time uh, you spend with me. Uh, I appreciate every uh, minute I'm given some time on the air here uh, at AM 970. I appreciate the little mistakes that, <laughs> that Matt makes where we hear, the, we hear the little sound effects on his Whoops. computer uh, when, when they pop up. Uh, we're going to leave it right here for now. We'll be back in a few short minutes uh, with the rest of our great show. Damn god damn we-
2: this is Joan Herman host of change your attitude change your life's conversations with Joan conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life every Sunday night some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness professional development and personal well-being they share their insights tips and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now take time for yourself tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's
5: CYACYL.com. Okay, folks, exciting news from Connors and Sullivan. We all know that we need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health proxy, a living will. We know we need to address our estate plan. And how are you going to do that? Our friends at Connors and Sullivan are getting give you a free seminar and have all of your questions answered by Mike Connors himself. Monday, June 19th at Buckley's Restaurant in Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tuesday, June 20th at DeLuca's Trattoria, 616 Forest Avenue, Staten Island. Island, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Wednesday, June 21st, at the Greenhouse Cafe and Third Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Thursday, June 22nd, at Conley's Corner, Grand Avenue, Masspeth Queens, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Friday, June 23rd, at the Adria Hotel, Northern Boulevard in Bayside, Queens, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. And if you can't make any of these free seminars, call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. 718-238-6500. And as Mike Connors always says, the Biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all.
6: Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com.
3: see me laying in my head tonight. if you're listening now, you can catch me on the Laura Ingram uh, show tonight uh, at around uh, 10 o'clock at the top of the hour. Um, I'll be joining Laura to talk about uh, our next topic, which is this migrant crisis uh, going on in, in New York City right now. I mean this this crisis is now uh, absolutely out of control, uh, out of control. That is the only way anyone can describe it. Um, We have reached the point now where we are at the flailing our arms uh, as we're drowning in quicksand phase uh, of this crisis. Eight billion, um, excuse me, eight million dollars per day. Eight million dollars per day. I want to do a little audience participation here with Matt. Uh, and and uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. yeah, right. I know. It's <laughs> hard to remember. I mean,
3: very forgettable. I started saying to Billy and I almost I almost said so, 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 <laughs> so-, so- Billy. Yeah. So-, <laughs> so what do you think costs more? The Department of Sanitation or the migrant crisis?
4: Oh, I think the migrant
3: crisis. The migrant crisis. Yes. All those big, beautiful white trucks rolling up and down a street near you, collecting the city's waste, processing it, sorting it, putting it in piles, incinerating, all those things cost less. 6,000 employees in the Department of Sanitation cost less per day than the migrant crisis. How about the fire department? How about the fire department? What do you think costs more? 10,000 firefighters, 24-7 in 150 uh, you know. About probably 180 firehouses. Each firehouse, most of them have two companies.
1: I would say it's got to be the migrant crisis It's at this the point.
3: migrant crisis. More money than our Department of Sanitation. More money than our fire department. Almost the exact amount of both of those agencies combined spent every day on a problem that is a complete self-infected problem because we declared ourselves a sanctuary city.
4: So when New York City houses uh, these asylum seekers in a hotel like the Roosevelt Hotel, is the city paying the hotel to house the migrants? Or does the hotel sort of have to accommodate the city and allow them to use the space No,
3: it is it is a lease, just like any other leasing the property. Uh, They lease all the hotel rooms and the entire. So our tax dollars, your tax dollars, are paying thousands upon thousands of dollars per room per year. Uh, Some of these properties are leased for a year or two because the mayor, I think, in, in some some ways, rightfully doesn't know when this ends. I mean, this didn't end when it started to get bad, right? It wasn't like Uncle Joe, Sleepy Joe, down in Washington, said, "All right, enough's enough." And I think that's why you're seeing so much of the frustration from Eric Adams, because he's been sold a b- bill of goods from the woke left. Sanctuary cities will just virtue signal, will, will show everyone, will, will take a stand against the Trump administration. It all has blown up in their faces. This is more money than the big red trucks coming down the street, the big white trucks coming down the street. It's an insane and astonishing amount of money that we cannot afford so can we
1: just turn these buses back and say look sorry state's full
3: we're gonna have to to. mean, that's what he's doing he's shifting them upstate he's shifting them to long island a part of me the cynical part of me now i'm not revealing any confidential information i'm learning on the inside of city hall this is my hypothesis my hypothesis is that we are running out of hotel rooms. the mayor is going to accelerate to whatever end is going to end this Whether it all ends in shambles, whether it all ends in happiness, whether it all ends in Uncle Joe paying the bill, so be it. I think the mayor is accelerating the problem. No other reason you'd suggest housing people in school gyms. No other reason for that. We have other places. No other reason saying you might, you know, use a library. These are all things designed to turn public opinion inside of the city against this sanctuary city law. Because in truth, the sanctuary city law and our right to shelter was there to protect New Yorkers. New Yorkers on bad times. It wasn't to create New York City as the new home of the world's refugee camp. We're even talking about putting people in abandoning, abandoned jails on Rikers Island. Well, you might say, well, why not? They came here illegally. Okay, fine. The building they're using in, I was in it a few months ago, maybe a year ago. Otis Bantam Correctional Facility. I literally stood in an inch of water with other inmates just walking around their normal day. This is how dilapidated these buildings are. And yet there seems to be no other solution. Because as of today, there's 42,000 people in our custody with no plan, no exit ramp, no off-ramp, no idea of what will end this crisis. Does amnesty end the crisis? I don't know. Does deportations end the crisis? No one can tell. There's no solution. Only that we are going to be a sanctuary city as long as the courts uphold that law, as long as progressives are still in charge of New York. And we're just going to eat, eat the taxes. We got a call. Let's see what he has to say. Let's go to Brian from Staten Island. Brian, how are you? Great. How you been? I'm living the dream, Brian. What can I do for you? I got, uh, is this oh this is Joe. You're on the air. Oh, uh,
1: thank you. Uh, well, how about we send some uh, immigrants to Governor's Island?
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess uh, that that's an option. I mean, certainly no option is on the table. Uh, I just don't know uh, if if we can actually even even do that. Um, it's it's a ferry ride. There's not that many uh, buildings there that are developed. Um, I'm not sure if Governor's Island uh, is an option, but I mean, it it certainly does go to the level of desperation that we're facing right now. Fifty percent of hotel rooms in New York City. Right. Two years ago, three years ago, 50 percent of hotel rooms in New York City would have been occupied by people from France, from China, from Alabama, who are coming here to have a good time in a vibrant city who wanted to spend some money. And we were taking a few dollars here on the hotel occupancy tax. We were taking 8% on the sales tax. We were ringing in the dough, baby. Because the city of New York in 2016, 2017, even, and I have to say, even in the early years of de Blasio, those years, the city was vibrant. The city was in a renaissance. And here we are, just three years later, with this migrant crisis. And now, even if we got the resurgence of—think th- about this now. Even if we got the resurgence of tourists, even if, we you know, United Airlines offered a deal. Bonjour. Spend the summer in New York. We don't even have the hotel <laughs> vacancy to put these people in the hotels where they can come spend money, generate the revenue, populate the restaurants— do the Broadway show, see the dopey museums, take a picture with your stupid Statue of Liberty hat. We are sacrificing everything for this self-inflicted sanctuary city madness.
1: And certainly we don't want them coming here to be in squalor, like Rikers Island that you mentioned. We should be housing them somewhere appropriate.
3: Once we make the decision to actually house people, there, yeah, there is there is a certain level uh, of, of, of human rights and dig- i mean we, we 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 wouldn't house them in conditions less than we'd house uh, a person who is uh, accused of a, of a serious crime on rikers island and yet that's what we're doing i mean the otis bantam i wasn't exaggerating the otis bantam correction center on rikers island which is being proposed now as a site for migrants i stood there in one inch of water on the first floor, the bottom floor of the building, one inch of water, as inmates were basically carrying their flip-flops and just walking around in puddles uh, to avoid you know, wetting their clothes as they went to and from the cafeteria. I, I don't care who you are. That, 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 those aren't conditions which you, you, you house people in the United States of America. You don't do that. This is insane. This is insanity. This is progressivism. This is the woke left. This is where we're at. And this is a little Joan Baez. See, I did, I told Matt earlier to pick some nice music. I suggested Joan Baez. She's oh. a wonderful Staten Islander. People don't realize Joan Baez is a Staten Island a born and bred person. She probably wouldn't like the politics of Staten Island today. Uh, she's a big lefty herself. But this is a good song. This is a good song. Uh, we're going to go to break right now. When we get back, uh, my dear friend Sally Goldenberg, uh, she is a, a national reporter for Politico, formerly a Room 9 City Hall beat reporter. She is going to give us uh, a, an update from the campaign trail where she is following Ron DeSantis when we return. And
7: here I sit and on the telephone Hearing a voice I'd known a couple of light years ago Getting straight for a fall. As I remember, your eyes were bluer than robin's eggs. My poetry was lousy. You say. "Where are you calling from?"
5: Hi, Kevin
2: McKella. It's Wellness Night, and that means Dr. Jeanette Nishwatt uh, stops by from the Fox News Medical All-Star Team. And we'll visit with our good friends from Plaza College in the dental hygienist department there.
7: That's all tonight, starting at 7. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill, wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be.
3: If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, Google Salem Surround New York. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today.
5: This is Mike Gallagher. Visit the Holy Land with me and Inspiration Cruises and Tours. No other trip will be like Stand With Israel. StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently? Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I N F O, at plazacollege.edu.
0: Hi, this is Judge Kammins, a partner at Idala, Bertuna, and Kammins, and where author Idala of the author Idala Power Hour works at his 24 7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service, preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind, ABK, the power legal firm.
5: Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny bald smooth head. Hemp leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my My skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10%
6: off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
2: We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala.
6: Just got home from Illinois. Lock the front door.
3: Giants doing cartwheels here at the Author Idala Power Hour. Uh, this is Councilman Joe Borelli filling in for our good friend Author Idala. He is off uh, for a few days having a great time uh, with his family. Uh, we are here doing the best we can to make the best show possible as you sit in traffic. Hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, hopefully you're home uh, making dinner, doing whatever you're doing, enjoying a glass of wine. Whatever it is you like to do, hopefully you are doing it while you listen to us. Uh, I want to bring in uh, our guest for tonight. Uh, My good friend, uh, she she used to be a a, a well-respected Room 9 City Hall reporter uh, uh, for first the Staten Island Advance, uh, and then uh, an illustrious career, uh, taking her to Politico, uh, where now uh, she has broken the shackles of New York City politics and is now hot on the national campaign trail with Ron DeSantis. Uh, Welcome, Sally Goldenberg. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad uh, t- t- to be here with you. Uh, it was great to see you. It was great to run into uh, you today. Uh, so I want to get right into it. Now, you you are uh, working the trail with Ron DeSantis. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, news stories about some polling numbers. Uh, he seems to be moving uh, full steam ahead uh, w- without the, the, the campaign, without a campaign kind of thing. Uh, What is the scuttlebutt uh, amongst the DeSantis insiders about some of these poll numbers? Are they scared?
7: I think they're definitely not communicating any kind of concern. I mean, some of what they're doing would indicate that they know they have to, like, you know, sort of uh, reverse course a little bit or try some new things. So, like, I was in Iowa with him this weekend, and he did – what we call in the business retail politics, you know, flipping burgers at an event in Iowa and, you know, meeting and greeting people. Stuff that, like, he's kind of criticized for not either enjoying or being great at. So that could be, I guess you could say that maybe that's a reaction to the polling, but certainly what they're communicating is confidence. They have a message that they are... They believe, I should say, that they are uh, viable in a general election. The implication, of course, they don't say it out loud, is that they're saying uh, former President Donald Trump isn't. And so that's going to be, I think, a big part of the campaign. And they think that that will win people over. They they definitely have money. Um, Whether that means they have like grassroots support and real voter support or not remains to be seen.
3: I think one thing that does ring true is the viability in the general election. That is something that that hasn't suffered. His poll numbers against Joe Biden hasn't suffered too terribly, uh, whereas his numbers against Donald Trump uh, has seemed to to fall off the cliff a little bit. Uh, He did try to change momentum with this this rollout uh, of endorsements in New Hampshire and in Iowa. Uh, has 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 there been any uh, momentum surge as a result? Are people excited? Uh, what was that? I mean, you were there. G- give us the real reaction to people in Iowa uh, as some of these things were rolling out. As he was hamming it up. Uh, as he was, you know, trying to make small talk while he flipped burgers and ate. What is it? What do they eat there? They eat the fried steak, right? Is that the thing at the Iowa State Fair?
7: Well, this wasn't the fair. Yeah, you might, you know. I'm not sure, but this wasn't the fair. This was an event hosted by a congressman, uh, Randy Finstra, and it was at an aviation museum or military museum. So it was, what did they have? They had burgers, deviled eggs, a bunch of stuff. Um, So I would say, and this is anecdotal, you know, because it was a pretty big crowd. So, you know, I could only talk to who I could talk to. Like, you know, I didn't interview every person there, but I would say like to a person, everyone I talked to liked him, but isn't sure and still likes Trump. It wasn't like he's who we need, Trump's definitely going to lose to Biden. That's what DeSantis wants people to think. I don't know that that mess and he has like he hasn't put money into getting that message out in you know, paid media yet and advertising. So maybe that'll change things. But I didn't get the sense this was a crowd that's like really down on Donald Trump. It's a crowd that's like open to other possibilities. And so, they seem to like DeSantis.
3: So do you get the sense that there's a real plan in place uh, with the DeSantis campaign like 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 they have this scripted uh they know they're down they're going to do X Y and Z they plan to be ahead or do you think this is more uh strategically let's be uh, in a close second place as long as we can, and if by some chance Trump collapses, which, you know, with the former president, he is prone to say things, he is prone to do things that 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 really do change the needle in either direction pretty often. Are they sort of just hoping for that and, and, and riding in second place until that happens?
7: I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, I can't say with 100% certainty, but no, I don't think so. I think they want to overtake him. I think they have to overtake him. And I think the question is are I think to answer your question, do they have a plan? Like yeah, they have a plan, you know, they have a rollout. They don't they don't communicate it all to me personally, but you know, from what I can glean from my reporting, like they have a rollout planned. He's got you know, for a Republican audience a decent elevator pitch, a decent stump speech, you know, he's got um accomplishments that mm-hmm. I think people he's trying to reach would be happy with. The question that I don't know the answer to, but I think it's the question everyone should ask is like, is he ready for the onslaught from Donald Trump? Because he's in controlled environments, not taking questions from the press, talking to people who already like him. It's a self-selecting group. He has the run of show in Florida. And look, he won that. It's not, it wasn't divine to him, but he's not in a situation where he's getting punched in the face by Donald Trump on live TV. Is he ready for that? I don't know the answer, but that is the question
3: What, what is the real sentiment in Florida? Uh, I, I happen to like florida i'm a fan of the state um, uh, i I try to spend time there when I can. W- what is the real sentiment from Floridians about DeSantis because the numbers indicate that he he won pretty handedly uh you know beating expectations. Is there scuttlebutt in the state when you go there that that people you might not expect to be supporting a Republican governor are actually supporting a Republican governor?
7: I think that there there were de- there are definitely crossover voters, uh, definitely like Democratic crossover voters. You can tell by you know he says this all the time uh, that he won. I think he flipped Miami Dade County. You know he definitely won in traditionally democratic areas. And I think his numbers, his popularity numbers in Florida are decent. But again, the problem is for him that Trump is also popular in Florida. let me let me turn he the
3: tables let me let me turn the tables a little bit before we we have to head to break. Uh, go back to New York, though. go go back into your old hat. I want to ask you about the migrant crisis because now you're not mm-hmm. reporting on this. You are just a consumer uh, of news uh, and sort of on the sidelines watching what's happening. Now, in your sort of knowledge, do you think Adams is looking for an off-ramp on this migrant crisis? And, and I mean, I, I'm I'm sort of a cynic, and I'm not saying this because I have inside information, but I, I, a part of me thinks that he is doing what he's been doing over the past uh, couple of days with the school gyms and talking about how libraries might be on the table, Rikers Island— do you think he's trying to accelerate the anger on this issue to bring it to whatever end yeah. is to come sooner?
7: I don't think so. I mean, that's an interesting thought. I think he's getting desperate. I think it's you know I think it's expensive, but I really think for him um it's just it's such an enormous amount of time and energy that he and his administration are spending on this, and I think he's very frustrated. Um, and I'm sure he's a politician, so i'm sure there's like a concern that it has political ramifications if there's a sense of disorder, if there's a sense of chaos he's very sensitive to that, less sensitive to the sense on the other side you know on the left side of politics that he's not doing enough for these people. I think he really bristles with that um but is more maybe more concerned politically that like there's so- be... An impression of chaos on the streets. I I don't think he's just like making this all up to end it. Quick,
3: yes or no question? Then we're gonna we're gonna go. Uh, Is uh, the the Adams administration and his positioning and posturing on the president hurting the president's approval ratings? What do you think? It will. It will. I believe it will. I tend to agree with you, Sally.
7: I believe it
3: will. I feel like you and I agree more than we disagree, although maybe neither one of us wants to be so public about that at times. Uh, yeah. Either way, you are a, a dear friend, uh, and I wish you luck uh, as you head back on the campaign trail with Ron DeSantis. Uh, this is Joe Borelli filling in for Arthur Idala for the next uh, 17 minutes as we round out the Arthur Idala Power Hour here on AM 970. We're going to head to a break. We'll be back in a few. But
6: I was late for
1: this,
7: late Late for the love of my life, and when I die alone, when I die alone.
6: Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry and rates have dropped dramatically in the last few years. For example, a man age 45, non-smoker, a million dollars of coverage, $75 per month, level rate for 10 years, or a man age 50, non-smoker can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110, level rate for 20 years. That's right. Guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates as well at TermBusters. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 1-800-558-9940. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 1-800-558-9940. Remember, 1-800-558-9940. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting. Exam required to qualify. That number for term busters is 1-800-558-9940. 1-800-558-9940. Perillo
5: Tours is starting their 78th year in business with vacations to Italy and now Hawaii, Spain, and Greece too. I want you to join Joe Piscopo, our very own Joe, on a special Perillo Tour to Italy. Steve Perillo and Joe have put together a very special Rome and Sicily customized tour. Three nights in Rome, plenty of time to see the most important sites, and a private, fun-filled dinner performance by Joe Piscopo. Next, you fly to Sicily for three nights in Taromina with special day trips along the coast, including Savoca, Forza Argo for sites of actual filming events from the iconic movie The Godfather. A wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three additional nights before flying home the tour dates are october 18th to 28th call perillo tours at 1-800-431-1515 1-800-431-1515 or visit perillotours.com
0: kevin mccullough is next on am 970 the answer
3: I really wish the listening audience can see me dancing uh, and bopping my head to this (laughs) Donna Summer uh, song. By the way, uh, on this day in 2012, just 13 years ago, uh, Donna Summer passed away from lung cancer. Uh, She believed, actually, that she acquired it, inhaling particles from 9-11. And uh, it's interesting now that the uh, city and the federal government is opening up uh, people who resided in lower Manhattan. Uh, as a uh, potential uh, compensated victims in the 9-11 uh, fund. It's uh, very interesting to think that 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 is, uh, it, it, first of all, it's just amazing to think uh, of the consequences that still exist from 9-11. Uh, one of the sillier things we do sometimes in the city council, I don't mean silly, I mean one of the less important things and less, you know, less heavy things we do in the city council is rename streets after certain people. And uh, I have renamed more streets after 911 uh, of victims who have died from cancer than I could possibly have believed I would ever have done uh, when I started uh, in politics. So, uh it really is an interesting interesting uh, and sad uh, legacy uh, of that that horrible day. But let's think about good things. Let's think about other celebrity birthdays today. We have a number of interesting birthdays, uh, not the least of which, I guess this is a sad too though. Bob Saget. It would have been Bob Saget's 65th birthday. Sort of a milestone birthday. Um, What a comedian. What a guy. Uh, uh, Just an absolute shame uh, he has uh, uh, passed away. That was a stunner. Um, It also is Bill Paxton's birthday. He uh, would have been 61 today. Would have been 61. Uh, And finally, it is Dennis Hopper's birthday. Oh, Dennis Hopper. He <laughs> would have been 74 years of age. Well, he, he
1: he died at the age of 74. He would have been 87. Oh, well, look
3: today. at that. I would have, I misread the I misread <laughs> the uh, fun facts that, that Matt uh, has put well, out for me.
4: What are some of the more esoteric birthdays that you put? So every day I happen <laughs> to sit with Matt Sam Bowen when he puts this birthday list together, and some of the celebrities that end up on the
1: list that he uses are like, who are they? Uh, my favorite is probably Bronson Pinchot. Bell
4: oh, Bronson Pinchot. Is so always it's our so funny. Reference. So I'm
3: watching. I'm watching Succession last night, and I'm on season two, uh, and I'm on season two, and it's a good season, and we're enjoying it. And it's the episode where uh, the Roys meet the Pierce's, and they have this weekend away, uh, and there's this quirky uncle on the Pierce's side, and I'm looking at the guy, and I'm like, I know this guy. I know <laughs> this guy. Who is the guy? And I'm like that's the guy from Perfect Strangers. So my wife says it's Balky. I'm like no, it's not Bronson Pinchot. It's not him. That everyone knows who he is. It's the other guy. It's Larry, Larry Appleton.
1: Marklin Baker.
3: Marklin Baker. Marklin Baker. So I mean it's not his birthday or anything today. No, it's not. I think he's just happy that anyone's uh, been nice speaking about him. Nice to see he's still getting late. work. Yeah, and, he, and I mean he looks absolutely terrible. You'd like to say he, he looks good or he's aging well. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he wasn't a particularly handsome guy on on the show itself, uh, but but he is not aging well. I mean, he was very fit. Remember that opening credits uh, of Perfect Strangers? They were they were jogging around the uh, the uh, uh, I guess it was Lake uh, whatever the lake is in Chicago, um, Lake Michigan. They, they, they used to jog uh, right. in the opening. He was a fit guy. He was a fit guy, and then, and then silly high jinks. lot's changed since the '80s and early <laughs> '90s. <laughs> Balky Bartakamus from Mepos from Mipos. From Mipos. Uh, good stuff a bunch of other birthdays Jim Nance Sugar Ray Leonard Craig Ferguson I Tr- was just going to
4: say Craig Ferguson yeah Trent
3: Reznor 9-inch nails fame Trent Reznor I I, I used to be a 9-inch nails fan I was not a fan of the Queens of the Stone Age but the Josh Home uh, is also uh, born uh, today lot of fun facts about today uh, which is the 17th of May it is National Walnut Day <laughs> oh Nash, have you all celebrated? I I don't know how I I would celebrate. Well, you would consume walnuts. I
4: would assume assume so. So, I prefer the hazelnut. Anything that's a hazelnut flavored chocolate or a spread.
3: Well, How about cherry cobbler? Do you like cherry cobbler? I do enjoy cherry cobbler. I don't think I've ever had a cherry cobbler. Because today would have been the day to try it because it's also National Cherry Cobbler Day. So, I told Matt I had a great idea for a television show recently,
4: basically to do a show that profiles all of these National Day holidays. And Matt Sam Bowen said, and I quote, <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> they're actually putting together no. a television show it's, themselves. You see, you got to be quicker the, than the people, that.
3: The people here at AM 970, uh, you know, uh, my friends, Jerry, and every, I think they've just been keeping you down, Joe Sebelia. You are a guy who, who you know, in in has achieved so much in spite uh, of the cage that they have put your creativity <laughs> in, and it's just the opposition. One, one day you it's are not just so gonna, much Jerry. I won't say you it's Jerry. You are going to burst out of your shell, and you're going to bloom into some uh, famous, you know, television producer. We can making, only hope. Making TV, okay, so, I'll be
4: another Regis or a Dick Clark or something. You know, the day will come. Let's hope. Let's every hope. dog let's has hope. his day. Yeah, exactly. And right now I'm on my way to the pound. So
3: <laughs> let's hope. So those are some nice things today. It's National Employee Health and Fitness Day, which I mean, no one celebrates. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> you know, how would how would you celebrate that with your employees? You, you, you put know? cupcakes out. In right. The back. You put you put exactly. cupcakes out. You well, put cupcakes.
4: Out. I've been I've been
3: basically eating nothing but
4: banana and peanut butter smoothies over there. Have No, like that's one in a June. Day.
3: That's the a, a day in June you, you do that. It's that, national, that, that. That's an actual banana holiday? banana and smoothie day. Banana and smoothie day. How <laughs> do you remember that? I'm making that up, Joe. Oh, and I I would have bought that that was an actual holiday. (laughs) I'm absolutely making that up. Look, guys, I mean, we're here for the next few minutes. Um, You know, I I hope we were able to give you a little bit of substance, uh, a couple of laughs, uh, tried to entertain you at the very least uh, on your way home uh, from work today. Uh, I, you know, I, I hope it's clear. In my conveying to you my uh, my thoughts and opinions and knowledge that I enjoy uh, radio as a medium so much, uh, it is so fun to just come in uh, and speak to you uh, uh, live, direct uh, from this microphone uh, here in Lower Manhattan, where it's, by the way, a beautiful day, a beautiful day. And I wore this Callaway pullover today. And people just assumed, because I had, like, a golf pullover on, and it's just the most beautiful day uh, ever out. That, yeah. They just assumed. They're like, oh, you hit the links today, Joe. i exactly. like, no, I know. I was, no. I was just... We <laughs> had, like, seven hours of budget meetings. I wore something kind of comfortable. You know, I I wanted to be comfortable, but... But I wish I was out on the links today because see, it is a beautiful day. See, back
4: in the days of old Hollywood, all the people would go to work in their golf clothes. They'd come off the golf course in the morning and go to work, and they'd be wearing a sweater but, and a right, golf but, shirt. But,
3: but in fairness, you know, Bobby Jones would, would wear slacks, a button-down, a tie. He'd actually play golf in a tie. You know? Uh, I know, I know. So, I mean, it, it was not, not quite the stretch. And, and look, uh, nowadays you, that you, that you most you meetings
1: think. are on Zoom, so you just have to be dressed for the upper half.
3: Well, that's how I, I in fairness, that's how I learned how to play golf. I, I only started playing golf in 2020. Uh, and um, you know, 2020 things were still closed. It wasn't that easy to play golf. But 2021, when golf courses were open, but everything else was virtual, uh, it was surprisingly easy to find time to play golf uh, because I could do a number of conference calls and Zooms. Uh, I was near my house. I could do some. I could schedule things. Go play nine holes. Go play eighteen holes, and go, go. But uh, you know, do what I got to do. And it was a very nice time to learn how to play golf. And I'm, I'm, I guess. Uh, Unfortunately, unfortunately, things are back to normal. Have you gotten now. good yeah. at
1: it? Are, are you decent now?
3: No, I'm like a 20 handicap, which is, again, it's, that's probably a pretty good for, for playing for just three years. But you enjoy but, it, and that's the important thing. Oh, it's wonder! I'll be playing this Friday, actually. Uh, we have our uh, SIEDC, the Staten Island Economic Development Corporation. They do uh, an annual golf outing. <clears throat> it is a nonprofit. profit so they do sort of a nonprofit fundraiser. This is one of their biggest fundraising events of the year. But they're doing this event uh, in New Jersey. At the Renault Winery at Vineyard National Golf Course. So I've never played there. It sounds really nice. I mean, it's you know you're on a winery, so it, it has to be nice, right? And I mean, they know people go to um, Renault Winery. They go to Larita Winery. They do pictures there and stuff, and and they and they sample the wine. And they sit outside. So I'm assuming it's going to be a really nice place to play golf. I'll let you know on Friday. I'll have to call as I'm as I'm you know careening up the Garden State. I assume on Friday. You,
1: you drink after you get off the front or the back nine, right? No,
3: no, no. It's golf. You drink during. You drink. You oh, drink. Okay. You drink during. Um, you know most of the day, and 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 thankfully, my good friend Vinnie Bonomi, uh, uh, who uh, owns a company called Tees, if you need a good T-shirt guy, oh. like Vinnie Bonomi's great. But he is going to be my designated driver on, on the way home. So I'm very excited so, to. Uh, To play on Friday.
4: It's funny because my friend kind of was yelling at me on the phone because I referred to myself as a golfer. And he says, you're not a golfer if you play once every three years. That doesn't count as being a golfer. I think he's right. Joe,
3: you like miniature golf, huh?
4: I... I love miniature golf, <laughs> and I'll you tell do, you more about that. Why don't it you
3: after? do a show where you actually play uh, some miniature golf courses and, like, really, you know, really give a flavor for how the game H- has? Is somebody played. gotten
4: into your ear about this?
3: No, no, no. It's a good idea because this is actually like, something like, like, I don't they,
4: want to say too much and put it out there on the like, public like, record. Like, think
3: of all, think of all the. This the, is something the, I'm working the, think on. Think of all the dynamic content on YouTube about <laughs> golf courses. Uh, and imagine what you can do uh, in a miniature version where you can really talk about the, the course conditions, I, the obstacles. I, I
1: really don't have this registered with the Writers Guild
4: the yet. Overall, you can't talk too much overall about it.
3: The ambiance of the course, the food and bev <laughs> service at the I course. I would love
1: to learn from a pro how to properly putt over a windmill. <laughs> exactly. See, but other
4: people, including people on Staten Island uh, who go by the name Frank— have been a little bit skeptical of the
3: veracity. of I this co- idea. I couldn't believe Frank would be skeptical. About a that. little I skeptical. I can't believe it. He was that. a
4: little skeptical. He likes to rub it in my face. But it's it's a work in progress. I, I do have that. Like in the works, I said, amazingly. Joe,
3: you are just a, a man in a cage here that that is just waiting to bloom. You're a rocket ship waiting to ignite with all these great ideas. It's just uh, I appreciate that you have faith
4: in me. That makes me feel. Good. I do
3: have faith in you. I have I have, I have faith in you. Uh, I have faith in all of the listeners. Uh, whom I hope enjoyed uh, this hour of the Authoridal Power Hour. Uh, we tried to keep it light. We tried to keep it funny. The only thing that angered me, w- actually, was the conversation about Harry and Meghan. I couldn't get over it. The audacity, the gall... The the, the the Just the disingenuousness of, of just making up, essentially, and exaggerating this whole car chase is just silly uh, and insane and uh, absolutely bizarre. But that's par for the course, I suppose. Uh, signing off, this is Councilman Joe Borelli. I hope you enjoyed my shepherding of this show for tonight. Uh, Arthur will be back with you in a few days. Let's uh, offer him some uh, uh, good thoughts on his, uh, his trip. He's uh, out of the country for a little bit. And have a good night, signing out.
6: The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna, and Kammons PC.
1: Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour sponsored by Hemp Leaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body